Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 29, AI Me Winehouse. Hello, Big Chillians, and welcome back to the Big Chill Podcast. How are we all doing? Oh, we're, we're laughing. We're having a good time. What's, what's we so had funny a bad, over in, in London town and Paris town? <laughs> we had a bet on whether you'd say Big Chillians or Big Chillites or some other variation. Big Chillers. Didn't know if you would throw a curveball. Big Chillers is too one. generic. Big Chillians is what we thought you were going to say, so you were true to form. Thank you. Didn't mean to uh, stop your intro, though. Please continue. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, you know, if, if you're a new listener, make sure you follow us on our various media outlets. We're now oh, high into outlets. the YouTube, high into the YouTube streaming world. <laughs> Search the Big Chill Podcast. We just put up our latest interview with John Buckley. Uh, follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. Definitely give yeah, us I mean, a I guess, like. I guess it's a valid point. If you're listening to us and you've never seen us and you're wondering what we look like. Now, maybe you don't want to actually go and see what we look like because there is always that thing when you see someone, you know, when you've listened yeah. to someone on radio or whatever, and then you see their face and it kind of ruins it for you. There is the risk of that. But, Usually you're massively underwhelmed as well. Yeah. Then, but then never it, what you envisage. But doesn't it feel really great when you see them and you're like, that's exactly what I thought they were going to look like. Yeah. So look, if anyone doesn't know what we look like and then goes and watches this YouTube video, then let us know feedback on like Twitter or Instagram if you if we look the way you thought we would. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna do some sort of like hot or not. Kind oh, of yeah, thing. which one of us is which one of us is the most fuckable? If you could let us know that, I would start a poll. If you could just let us know, because it's we've been debating. This is the only reason we started the podcast, actually. It just took us a, almost a full year yeah. to, to come out and say it. It's a, it's a, it's a slow play, but. Uh, we're finally at a position where we could get a sample size large enough to come to a, you know, a true conclusion. Yeah. But definitely follow us on Instagram because lately we've been talking uh, like a lot of food things and posting the pictures of the food stuff up. And uh, we posted up Eddie's haircut, what it looks like in a, in a what 14th century picture. Yeah. Maybe 15th. Okay. I was close. Not to be, not to be too pedantic. <laughs> and also just me looking my identical twin. Speaking is that the Brad Pitt? Look, is is yeah. that what you're going to compare yourself to? Yeah, speaking of what I look like, I mean, I'm often mistaken for him. But speaking it, about attr attractive men and topics we've previously covered, I don't know if you saw the big news that Tom Brady is launching an NFT platform that is oh, called God. Autograph oh. that will bring together some of the biggest names in sports, entertainment, fashion, and pop culture to work with creators to develop unique digital collectibles a digital I think, signature i think no, we I mean, should have a no nft rule just like a naughties no naughties no nfts, no NFTs. in this podcast I, I don't know if it's exclusively going to be digital signatures but obviously it's going to be putting together digital assets relating to the famous people taking part like we said it's it's i, I would almost be up to bring someone onto the podcast who is what shoulder deep in these NFTs and kind of explain what's the benefit of owning an NFT of Tom Brady's tweet. You know, like what's the point? Uh, I'm sure this is going to be huge. When you look at the list of people involved in this company that he's part of, it is a 
impressive list of people. So you have Tom Brady, you in the board of advisors, it includes the CEO of DraftKings, the um, C, uh, Lionsgate CEO, Cameo CEO, Spotify chief content officer, uh, the Golden State Warriors and LA Dodgers owner, and Live Nation CEO. So it is a powerful group of people involved in this, uh, which maybe is the warning sign that NFTs are just becoming too popular. I mean, they yeah, burn but, you know, fast, but... It kind of reminds me, though, like, was it? don't you remember Quibi? Was that like a year ago? And that was the same no. thing. Super impressive list, and that flopped majorly. I think they Wait, almost got what $2 was billion Quibi? in funding. It was Quibi like a was short like a, video platform. Yeah, it was like maximum seven minutes, I think. So they were releasing episodic TV shows in seven-minute increments. Because, you know, when you really, really want to watch a TV show, but not that much of it, oh. Quibi was the place for you. So would it be the idea that you would have like a an hour-long program or like 70 minutes, just for example, and they would release it in 10-minute well, I, mean, I think it was seven minute kind of thing. I things. think, well, no, they were making the goal was were, people were going to make content specifically for the seven minute format. But it's yeah. basically like you could see how it got spun. Someone sat down and went, you know what? The thing with the youth of today is they have no attention span. Like, yeah. And they're always they on their phones. Yeah, they're in, always in like on the short phones. intervals. They always want content somewhere. They're sitting waiting for the train or they're sitting in the doctor's office or they're sitting somewhere and they just want to watch the TV show, but they don't have the attention span or the time to watch 22 minutes. So we'll make something that's perfect for when they're on the go. And someone was yeah. like, I'll give you $500 million. That sounds amazing. Two billion. They raised two billion. <laughs> Turns what, out like seeding crazy. and stuff like that, like Kickstarter, seeding, yeah. stuff like that. And not Kickstarter. And they know like what happened. Coronavirus said, take a seat, buddy, because now everyone's going to stay home and watch Netflix and no one's going to be on their phones watching videos while they're traveling. That definitely, I mean, it did come out at, at, at the wrong time. That definitely, not that it still would have been successful. That definitely hurt them. But still, if your reason for failing was that people had too much time to do nothing. Well, we are no. somewhat of a sports podcast, right? So, well, I'm going to oh, take we said away Tom Brady. From, I'm going to take <laughs> us away from sports a little bit more, but keep us on the technology trend because I don't know if you saw the other big news coming out of the tech scene this week, but uh, a company has used AI to create songs, well, AI software to create new songs for some dead artists, including Nirvana and Amy Winehouse. Can you explain a little more? Uh, I mean, I kind of can. So basically they did analysis of the previous, the artist's previous work. And then using the information that they got from that, the AI then composed a song that sounded something like what the artist would have made. Oh, then, okay. So, so not their actual vocals. Yes. So that first, that AI put the software, put together a song that like fit with the previous style. And then it actually recorded the song and then made the vocals sound like the artists themselves. So I got What's a treat the, for you. Well, I was going to say, I look forward to the probable audio that we're going to have here, but what's the, what's the intent of this AI? Like, are they, are I mean, they I, planning on like record labels, <laughs> like signing it up and milking the, that Amy Winehouse I think the cow, intent or? of the AI is to take over the world, but the intent of the people who created <laughs> the AI is, I mean, I guess they can't create, right? They don't have the rights to Amy Winehouse, so they can't start distributing like posthumous Amy Winehouse albums, but I 
guess if you owned the catalog or if you're a dis, you know a kind of descendant of an artist it could maybe be in your interest to suddenly start putting out like John Lennon Yoko Ono might suddenly decide do you know what let's put this AI together and release a new John Lennon album and I think people will buy it man I it's hope not- it's like I hope you're gonna play it and it's like they tried to make me go to Walmart and I said, no, 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 it's, it's, no, no. <laughs> I'll start you off with the Nirvana. That's actually really impressive. They did a phenomenal job of making him, you know, like almost unable to understand like he normally is where he can't really understand what he's saying, but you make out a few of the words. <laughs> they did that really well. And you can obviously tell that it's taken the influence of Nirvana, surprisingly enough. Like you can hear some of the um, kind of guitar riffs and that. I think that's pretty impressive. It's not terrible. It does sound a little bit like as if Kurt Cobain had survived his suicide attempt and then <laughs> continued to record music. Oh, oh, but he had still had the attempt. He'd still shot himself in the face. <laughs> okay. like... maybe, the A- maybe the AI takes that into account. <laughs> now, the only thing that makes that joke bad is that, I mean, there's multiple things, but the intent of the person or the group that's put this together is to raise attention for the mental el- mental health issues faced by mu- musicians and people who support them so well now we're assholes yeah now i don't well me in particular um the the amy winehouse i will actually say is better um, now here's before you play the amy winehouse if they're able to put together full songs that have, you know, like a catchy chorus and everything like that, is this just quickly becoming the end of songwriting? Like, just get it. Like, at this point, what, the majority of pop stars don't write their own songs anyway. So at this point, are they just going to have the AI write 100 songs and then just have a famous pop artist just pick the two that they like the most? You could do that in a day, you know? Yeah, I mean, Crazy. if the software gets good enough, I do know there's that song once. Remember that, like, analyzed this. There was like software that analyzed all of the pop hits and then tried to put together like the best possible song, and it was horrific. So, I, I remember you telling me about it as yeah. far as I got. <laughs> Maybe the AI is advanced now and could actually put together. I, how would you would you feel torn if you listened to a song and then someone told you and you were like I love this I relate to it it feels it's deep it has meaning and then someone said a computer wrote it no because I mean we're in a computer simulation anyway so yeah I don't think I care too much as long as there was an artist at the end of it like it would be a bit annoying if you turned up to a gig and just saw like a server 
on the stage <laughs> and it's making the color changes like your your background tiles oh what the light the lights flickering <laughs> yeah like your tiles <laughs> yeah but then isn't part of the time when you do enjoy a piece of music and especially if it, if you feel like you relate to it it's kind of feeling as if the artist has gone through some there's a shared experience there like you're right and if it's just a piece of software that has said, this is a common human emotion, well, then it's just like, <laughs> oh, okay, this speaks to me. No, 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 you're not wrong. Like a lot of, there's a lot of music where I listen to a song like the tune or the tone of it, then look up the lyrics, maybe if they're slightly like hard to understand. And like then the song gets song. more meaning. Yeah. And then you get more meaning because of what's been said or the tones in it. But um, a lot of good songwriters Oh, a lot of good stars of today were songwriters before. So it's kind of cool to see some people like Gaga wrote a lot of Beyonce's music before becoming, you know, a star. So it's kind of cool to see people's like cycle um, up well, into stardom. It will be the same um, in the in the future. Your your MacBook. Child AI, parent your AI. Ma your yeah. MacBook will be a superstar. MacBook 1245755 is one of the best songwriters in 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> but he's but he's but the macbook's good at like a specific type so you see a macbook with like a country western style look to it <laughs> like oh no way Mac no, no 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 way is macbook a country western laptop well, all right like, well that begs the question what laptop brand for which genre lenovo <laughs> lenovo is country western i think so uh no like compact compact yeah Mac would be like techno music. Like Daft Punk. I was Punk. gonna say like Daft, Daft Punk or Mac. Yeah. Daft Punk like one hundred percent is Mac. Well, you know I got no idea. I got nothing to say It's all wrong And I like to get on going Trouble is showing With this song I have seen it all But it doesn't show one bit That actually sounds like the noisettes as opposed to Amy Winehouse. Like I, I get it. I can hear it, but it almost sounds like more of someone singing a random song in a restaurant. <laughs> to, or like to, a me, nice she's, to me, she sounded in the beginning, a little of a non-English speaker. She sounded like almost like a French, you know, like she had like a French English accent kind of thing going in the beginning. It sounded like a non-native English speaker. But the other question I had is, do the lyrics make sense? Have you looked at the lyrics or are they just random lines? Or is it an actual um, story? Like are the lyrics actual, cohesive? I think it's an actual story. I think they are. I think they do make sense. That's pretty cool then. It's a pretty good job though. I think I'd take 
I think the Nirvana one's better. Though. I think it's easier to be better with Nirvana. Yeah, because it's incomprehensible. So like that, the thing <laughs> you have going for it is you just got to like garble. And the style is a little easier, right? It's, you, you know, like that, the, like the whole guitar, it's very recognizable. I find it both nice and terrifying simultaneously. And I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not a big Nirvana fan. There's Nirvana songs I like, but I'm not like into them. Amy Winehouse, I'd say I'd enjoy. If this was a band or an artist that I was really into, I don't know how I would feel. I don't know. I'd be like, I have to go out and get this. I don't know kind of what my... So is there an artist that you would, that's maybe passed away or has completely retired, doesn't do music anymore, that you would well, want Retired would be, be harsh. It would be great if you just retired and then your label is like, you don't get to retire. We're what about gonna, like <laughs> we've got AI software and we are going to keep putting music out with your name. So what about like Prince or someone like that? Is there an artist that you would want to hear more from? Not Prince. This I've heard enough Prince. <laughs> we can we can retire Prince. Um, I don't know. Like there's not too many. If the Beatles, if you told me there was a whole AI Beatles album and it sounded good. I'd have to give it a go. I'd, I'd be intrigued enough to probably buy it. If I had to buy it, if I had to spend 15 bucks to have it, I'd, I'd probably do it. Now, I think this would get just as confusing as the NFTs because say an artist who's still playing, let's just say Coldplay puts out a completely AI generated CD. Is that technically still Coldplay? Because they're taking their music and their their voices and just making it into new songs so is it still technically Coldplay or not it's kind of fair it's a point i was thinking as well that if you're just taking things that are publicly available and churning them through an algorithm is it theirs i don't it's still chris martin's voice right they're using his voice to make a new song it's it's not his voice they're just using something extremely similar yeah, their their software is analyzing his like tones and then just recreating those sound waves. Like it's not it's not his voice. I was actually impressed because when I first read about this AI software, I thought they were gonna take like snippets from previous, you know, and like cut together. So whenever she oh like like, like E bombs world used to do yeah. thirty years ago <laughs> E bombs world what now there you've showed your age with E bombs world. Wow. Get to the chopper. <laughs> yeah, I legitimately tried to use those like soundboards to prank call people from time to time. Can we get E Bombs World back? Maybe that's what we transition this podcast into. I think E Bombs World still people. I think it still exists. Yeah, but I mean, can we get it back into mainstream? I mean, sure, but we'll have to do it in we can start a whole renaissance of tech with E Bombs yeah. World, Dogpile. Ask Jeeves. Uh, what is what is Dogpile? Dogpile Alta Vista. A, Dogpile was like a search engine where when you searched it, it searched through all the other major search engines. Oh. And so it then put the best possible results from all the different search engines in one place. Like a good idea, but then the success of Google killed the need. Like 
anyone out there who's going, it might, maybe you, Frank, but anyone out there who's like going to Yahoo to search for something has real issues. I don't go to Yahoo to search. I go to Yahoo to just read and entertain myself. They have a great entertaining platform. I, I know their sports is pretty good, but Yahoo does, it does feel strange that anyone would type in those words anymore. I know some people I type still in got every day of my life. <laughs> That's surprising. In fact, I've actually got a little article I got from Yahoo that I was going to talk to you guys about since we are also a food podcast. Well, before we go on to food, I can keep us kind of in the tech okay. realm. All I right. also bring sports into it because we are fundamentally a sports podcast. And that is the big news out of England today, or I guess technically out of Britain slash England and Wales, where Swansea have decided to take a seven-day Hiatus. hiatus from all social media both the club itself all players all members of staff as a protest in a way to the amount of abuse racial homophobic everything that is targeted towards players um and just also just using social media in general and they're taking from everything including youtube linkedin everything that anyone associated with the club uses they are until next next Thursday. There will be no posts. Now, I think they could technically, I, they said they wouldn't post anything. I guess officially you could react. You, they, the players can still look on their Instagram. They just can't post a new thing themselves. Um, but it was, I don't know, what, what are your feelings about this as a protest and also just the general, the, the problem with social media abuse? I think um, I think Birmingham have joined it now as well. So Birmingham have said that they're going to kind of follow Swansea and they've said that they've written to all the kind of major media moguls of sorts to say that this needs to be tackled and they want it to become more of a, uh, like they want the Premier League, they want other football clubs to kind of join in and create so, this. Well, the, the, Swansea owner, the Swansea owner has sent, he's contacted Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg to try and get some inroads. I mean, I don't know why he thinks Jack Dorsey or Dorsey, maybe because Dorsey every once in a while seems responsive and aware of the issues associated with social media. If he thinks Mark Zuckerberg okay. is going to read like this, the chairman of Swansea city has sent him an email. <laughs> this guy, this guy, this guy ignores senators. Yeah. This guy's trying to tackle a data breach of 75 million people. I, I don't think Swansea FC is really at the top of the list. For me, the, um, I don't know. I, I like the disclaimer for all of this is, of course, there is a massive issue here that so many people can get away with so much kind of hate and abuse, completely untracked. I think you know, there's no ramifications for what you do online, and it's pretty disgusting for that reason. But I think the same problem I have the, the same problem I had with the Neil is the same problem I have with this is that. After taking the knee was a thing, a lot of black athletes came out and said, am I just expected to do this, you know, for the rest of my life until there is equality? And I don't really understand what this seven days is going to do. Like, I'd understand if they said we will indefinitely stop until we see concrete change from social media outlets, whether it be a charter, whether it be governments creating some sort of like international regulation or responsibility. Please not a charter, uh, please. 
I don't want to log into my Twitter account and have Jack Dorsey telling me, don't worry, we've solved abuse. All you have to do is sign up to our charter on you know that behavior that kind of on the internet. stuff will oh, get gonna, away with it. It's going to 100%. That's what's going to happen. But it's, that will be fucking meaningless. It will be disgusting. That will be equally as disgusting. Just having some like drivel that no one cares about, but is there. But that's my point. Is that after seven days, they'll go back to normal and it'll be forgotten. Like, I think... I think a more powerful image would have been saying indefinitely until and trying to get club by club, waiting for that big scalp, someone like Bayern Munich or Man U or uh, anyone with a massive media following. You mean anyone, follow suit. a club based in a place that people know has the internet? But even, yeah, <laughs> or even just going beyond football, right? Going to like major tennis stars, going to like rugby union, uh, anything. I think well, rugby's, better. Rugby is an interesting one, right? Because rugby... Over the course of the Six Nations, there was significant backlash to abuse that several rugby players received, and especially the uh, the Welsh one. Yeah, and that was kind of surprising because normally rugby supporters are always credited with being, you know, pleasant and uh, that the the only thing they really want to see is a good match, and that there's never any issue of sort of violence or aggression between amongst or between rugby supporters and it's this kind of gentleman's game. So the fact that you have rugby players being really severely abused after they've made mistakes and cost their teams games, I guess is more surprising than the fact that it happens in football. I just don't think the, the thing I find tough to do with it is I don't want to be on the receiving end of masses of abuse on through any means or you know here comes here comes a big but no but there isn't a but to that the thing is but (laughs) it's difficult because i think that most of the people who are doing it it's fundamentally meaningless what they're doing i'm not justifying or defending what they are but i think we've just basically we've created this outlet that allows people to send horrendous things that they would never ever say to anyone in real life like they wouldn't sit across from someone and go you're like you effing blah 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 wait till i get my hands on you i'm gonna hunt your daughter down and murder her and like like no one's gonna they're not actually gonna sit down and tell these people that click my link to follow (laughs) exactly (laughs) That doesn't mean that what they're doing is okay and harmless, but I find it difficult to like, how do you deal with it? Because it is sort of just nothingness. I don't know how, if you receive it, if you can treat it that way, it might be too upsetting or difficult to do. I I saw um, Genge, the English England rugby player, he was talking about it and he received a number of death threats throughout the six nations and he kind of said, they asked him, I remember when he saw him being interviewed, they asked him if he took any of them seriously. And he said, at first, he kind of was concerned, but then got used to the idea that it's just some idiot sending him something. No one's actually going to show up at his house and try and murder him because England lost a rugby match. But I don't know how easily you can process that when it's you on the receiving end. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from because not having been on the receiving end part of me still thinks these are just random people who are just saying things to get attention that like you said they would never say in real life to someone's face why are you taking so much stock in it you know like and and i and i understand that this is me saying this because i've never been on the receiving end 
But, you know, I would always say, just read the people who you know, and the people who you don't just ignore them as just randomness, you know, like random things people are saying, and that there is no real and, value in them. Unless it's one of us, because we might be approaching you to appear on the podcast. So if yeah. you see a message from one of us, you can read that. It, yeah. it won't be anything abusive, unless you turn but it's, it down. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, like you see all like the, the body shaming that goes on and, and I get it. But at the same time, it's like, why are you even reading what some random 14 year old Philippine Filipino guy is, is wow, putting on your Instagram? <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, no, I, I don't mean that, but like, I'm not being no, in a racist you're... way, but it's, it's like I know what you're all, all the way on the other side of the world that isn't anything related to you in any which way, you know, like occupation, anything. Like, why are you taking so much stock in what that person's saying, who clearly is just saying it to get a response and to be like, oh my God, someone thought I was so mean. That's so awesome. But then again, I'm, I'm not on that end. So I can't yeah. really I'm, say that. I'm, I'm not overly sure. Like, I think that a, a lot of it can unfortunately paint a reality that you probably see in real life. And it just reinforces that. Like you look at some instances, like, Gareth Thomas coming out as in rugby union as gay uh, in what was it like 2009, 2010 or something like that. And he actually got voted in like certain like gay awards, gay magazines as like one of the most influential gay people because what he did within uh, for advancing kind of a discussion about homosexuality and sport and how there's a need for people to be strong. But I think it's an unfortunate reality that minorities see some sort of uh, prejudice against them or bias against them. And that reinforces it when these people do what they do online. Uh, okay, there might be people that are just idiots, morons, and they don't mean what they say. They're just doing it for a response. Like you know, the great example being that South Park series with like Troll Trace, if you've ever seen it. That's, that's the perfect example where someone is just doing it for laughs and they mean nothing by it. But there are people where it paints probably a true reflection of how much like, some of them, I, I, I genuinely think it is, is kind of, a, I, I think you're right. And obviously in the case of both me and Frank, we have to approach this from the, we are straight white men, right? So we're fundamentally impervious to all insults, but uh, there's, so I think, yes, if you are, if you're a minority and you're aware of the fact that there is a degree of racism within the society, and this is just reinforcing that perception, hundred percent. And I'm not trying to say it's meaningless in terms of it doesn't come from nowhere. Like the insults and the, what people choose to say, they, they pick the terms and the words that they use because they do know that they're offensive and that there is a meaning there. But I do think a large percentage of those people, like even people sending homophobic in, you know, insults to Gareth Thomas or anyone else, probably most of them aren't even, they aren't themselves homophobic people or have any bad thoughts about gay people. They just, for whatever sick reason, think it's kind of funny. And that's the difficulty that I have in processing of it is like most of it, it does reveal aspects of our culture and our society. But at the same time, I think a lot of people are just they're trying to do something that they think is funny. I don't say that they think the person receiving it is going to think it that way, but they think they're going to show their friend, like, isn't this funny? I sent this message to Gareth Thomas telling him what a puftery is, and he read it. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, and I agree. And, and, and I think the other part too is Sam's right. I, I mean, if you have, if you are a minority or, or in some underprivileged group and you're getting those comments that are directed towards your, your race or gender or something like that, then obviously you have those, those issues already there, but even take someone like Tom Brady, you know, like you could go on his Instagram and I bet you I could pick out 400 terrible things that someone's saying about Tom Brady, you know? So I think everyone is getting it, but I think obviously if you have insecurities that are completely valid from society, you're going to notice those like hateful posts a lot more. But I, 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 I honestly think it's just idiots being idiots and it, it almost doesn't matter who it's to. I mean, you see some of the most beautiful people in the world will get ripped on for, you know, like isn't, body issues and body shaming. Isn't that happening to one of the Kardashians at the moment? Because they posted this yeah, unfiltered image. <laughs> like they've never posted an image that hasn't been like airbrushed and completely touched up. They did it accidentally or someone did it. And now she's she's basically screaming that because society has wanted her to be this perfect, it's crazy that something would be posted like this normally. So just kind of going yeah. on what you were saying. Basically. I mean, that's, no, that's, some, that, that's a whole different, I don't want to open this one. That's a whole because, different be, level of crazy Because the Kardashians are the ones that created, like, that is an online yeah. hate in the slightest. It was just kind of reinforcing your point. But, so, no, no, it was. I mean, I mean, I mean, she got a ton of hate for it. Like, she yeah. was getting shamed left and right. But when you're the people who are the ones putting up all these fake pictures to like not show the reality and show, you know, like the fake reality of what someone looks like. And then your reality gets posted and then you're going to go the other way. I don't, I, I can't get behind that very much. <laughs> no, they have made the situation worse, but it is true that we as a society have been like, can people just post real images of themselves? And then someone posts a real image. You're like, Oh, you disgusting fat pig. <laughs> like, it's going to be a little bit tough to be like, okay, Call well, me. I'm, I'm airbrushing all my future pictures for sure. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I don't think that there's no easy solution to this, right? Like people talk about having like an internet pass passport and all sorts of different stuff. Like there's no real way um, to recruit like that. If we're, we've ex social media is too far down the road now for us to in any way fix it so that you can like, there's repercussions for someone. Like if you're smart, if you're a complete moron and you use your main account to racially or abuse someone, you can get yourself in trouble. But if you have any sense about you, if you have any sense about you, you don't do it in the first place. But if you're at least tactical in the way you're going to go, you create a fake account, send some abusive messages, and what are they going to do? Yeah, I don't know if you if this will ever be able to be fixed at this point. I think you might be too far gone. But I mean... Premier League players, they could just start like kneeling on their iPhones before, <laughs> before kickoff. <laughs> I personally, I just think, like Eddie mentioned, that uh, there's a people use words because they know what the meaning is, and generally speaking, they target a person because of some sort of biased or inherent problem with that aspect in society, and that's the biggest shame of it um, for me, you know, personally as well that 
people know what they're doing, even if they're joking around. Like, we, you know, what we've said about Justin Thomas, for example, you know, he used the F word and he, he did it because he knows where it comes from. And he used it in a derogatory manner. And that's why he lost sponsors because of what he did. And that's what people do online as well. And I think, I think any, I'll, I'll retract on my previous point, right? Going back to the Swansea Birmingham and what they're doing. Like, I think any awareness raising is good awareness raising because quite frankly the fact that we're having a discussion point on it right now is an important thing and the fact that it's hitting these headlines but it needs to go further it needs to be something of like this is just not happening period from this club until we see xyz and it becomes a momentum thing and it becomes like a feeling of a movement where social media has to do something but that is an insanely long way off so no one's really going to commit but a step is a step right and let's I guess let's just treat it as that even if I think it's a fairly ineffective one yeah I think anyone trying to do a good thing even if they don't do it the way you would want them to do it is still has to be seen as a good thing um I I just don't know you say like keep it going until they see some some real action taken I just don't know what that real action would take and here would be the really complicated say Swansea for example say okay all players and staff no social media now and when they try to sign someone in the summer they're like go to sign your contract like just so you know you got to close your Instagram account otherwise you can't can't play for the club and then imagine like Swansea miss out on a signing because this player is like no no I want to grow my brand so I'm going to sign for Cardiff instead of Swansea because that's this is it. Like I need to more, be able to use Instagram. glamorous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, like Instagram has is more of a business now for people as well, rather than just waiting for someone to say a, a nasty remark about their family or their kids or something like that. So and that might be it, your business. True, you could sell fake accounts that create oh, start. We should start NFTs with racial slurs. You just... could create AI software that auto-generates <laughs> racial slurs based on the profile of the person. Uh, well, we could like sell moments of racial abuse <laughs> online. Famous. Oh my god! <laughs> You'd be like, look at this. I timed this racial abuse to Kobe Bryant just right. I got that as he boarded that helicopter. This is a this is this is a moment. I love it. This has been the 29th and final episode of the Big Jump. <laughs> but it will be an NFT. This it is will be an home. NFT. Yeah, exactly. Anyone out there who wants to buy one of the moments from our previous podcast, they can do so. I'll sell ten minute increments for fifty thousand dollars a go. That's the opening bid. I assume the bid's going to go lower, and you realize no one's bidding. <laughs> Or when I disappear and you guys realize I've just sold tens of millions of dollars in moments from the podcast, but you'll never hear from me again. You'll put them in Bitcoin and forget the password. Yeah, exactly. And then I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be the moment I awkwardly log back in to take part in the discussion. I love that Frank and I have continued going as well. We're just like, we don't know where Eddie went. He had millions. We never heard from him again. And then all of a sudden you just pop up. That would be, that would be surprising. Yeah, but then they're going to go back to the episode where I said I was going to kill you in your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily we sold that as an NFT. So, so, so let's swing it to a lighter topic. <laughs> let's get into the real crux of soup juice. 
our alter ego podcast. I found the other day on Yahoo a new food item that is hitting the parks of the Disneyland Resort. All right, we ready? It is scurvy. A fried pickle corn dog. It's a hot dog stuffed inside a dill pickle, then corn battered, panko crusted, fried, and served with a side of peanut butter. I like that it's panko crusted because that means it's both fancy and healthier. So I'm reassured <laughs> by the panko. Wait, wait, they no, put but the it hot also dog has the pickle. Yeah, the hot dog's in the pickle. And then the pickle has like the, the corn dog batter. But then they actually, Eddie, went a step further and were like, we're not just going to fry the corn dog batter. We're then going to panko crust it and then fry all of that together. So it's like double battered almost. Where would they yeah. sell that? In what theme of Disney would, the, would that be sold? Like The Disney. obese theme? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just you lose your It's going to make its entrance at Downtown Disney's Blue Ribbon Corn Dogs Cart. Wait, isn't Blue Ribbon meant to be like a standard? Like, isn't that now, like a, this is? One, would you try it? It's probably about $10, I'm imagining. But yeah, that's yeah, the issue. Yeah, try it. You're, that it's was number value. two. You're skipping, you're skipping the gun here. Question one, would you try it? Yeah, I'd try it. It sounds um, gross and I probably hate it, but yeah, I'd try it. By try, what do you mean? I wouldn't order it. But if I was in a group of people and someone's ordered and they like, do you want to try this? Then okay. Do you want to try my pickle? Yeah. What I'm if having a- what if we went to Disney and I bought you both of you it? Would you eat it? Yeah, I I'd try it. it it's I probably confirm eating. I, I'll be honest with you, it, it probably tastes good. It's one of those things that like probably when you bite into, you're like, this is actually not bad. Would you dip it in the peanut butter side sauce? No, I'm not a big peanut butter person, so I would just eat it as it is. That seems strange. <laughs> it doesn't okay, go question. with anything that you mentioned. It, it, oh, I thought it was strange that I'm not a peanut butter person. But no, no, no. <laughs> no str- that like, is also strange, but it's it's understandable because you're, you're you haven't been around peanut butter your whole life. I mean, I have. I don't know. Yeah, it's not very big. In is it really big in England? Yeah. Um, I mean, now, yes, but no, when Sam was to the extent of the US, like, for instance, if you go to the US shopping market, there's a half of an aisle that has peanut butter on it. My childhood was in the United States, Frank. Yeah, I know. It's pretty big here. Peanut butter is pretty big here. It wasn't when you were a kid, though, Sam. Well, we we would have had some pat over here. That would have been the brand when I was younger. What? Some pat. What's a brand? I wonder. Well, that's your first issue. You don't have Jif or Skippy. All right, Skippy question two. Australian. How much is it? Um, $17. Oh, okay, I'm going to go like 12 13 for one corn dog. <laughs> is it big? It's like a normal size. Question Sam has asked many times in his life. <laughs> <laughs> No, I wouldn't buy it for $13. If you bought it for me, I'd have it. Now, would you feel bad if I bought it for you and I said here and then you took a bite and threw the rest out? No, because I'd say, why are you buying me a hot dog that's put in a pickle? 
<laughs> I mean, it's it's you have to put it in the context of uh, where you are, right? Like, yeah, that's why it's so expensive. Yeah, there's it's it's not as if like a normal hot dog is probably thirteen dollars. So, you know, it's it's not as if you're getting ripped off on that particular item. Oh, so this is a, you're saying this is a deal? It's a steal. I don't know if I'd call it a steal, but definitely the price doesn't wouldn't be the reason I didn't get it. Now, Eddie, do you want to know my favorite part about this entire article and and food item? The title that they would provided me: Disney's okay. new fried so pickle stuff. All right, go ahead. You want to guess? It's it's got a pun in it, I guess. Of course, it does. <laughs> So what's the name of the item? What's the official name? Uh, the name of the item is the Panko Crusted Pickle Dog. And what's the beginning of the headline? Disney's new fried pickle stuff corn dog is... Pickalicious. Better. I can't think of anything good. It's delighting the internet. Oh, okay. It's a pretty good one. I mean, I don't know if it's that good, but you love puns. You're like the one person left on earth who really enjoys puns. <laughs> <laughs>